survivors. Welcome to D180, the horror movie podcast, taking you on a ride. Thanks for linking up with us. I'm AJ. And I'm John A. And uh, we four for five, girl. Yeah. April's almost done. Time is fine. You know, I was thinking because we have five movies this month, it will take a little bit longer. Maybe we'll see when we get to next week when we actually get to five. We like, you know, that little extra week. Everybody's dramatic and being like, it's dragging, it's dragging. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's kind of a mix for me. So it's like I'm ready for April to be over because in May I get to see my boyfriend again. I'm finally traveling. So it's like I'm excited for May to get here. But then also, so I'm excited for May to get here. So I feel like April is dragging. But at the same time, it's like it was just Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the last tomorrow few days did kind of just like breeze by. This exactly. week did kind of go fast because... I'm about to get my nails done tomorrow. We recorded this Wednesday, so y'all gonna hear this a few days later. But ooh, just know on Friday when this episode drop, go visit my personal IG and just watch me show y'all my nails and be real extra because it's oh over. Oh my gosh! You know how you know how I act. <laughs> oh, no, I can't wait. Oh lord. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, y'all, let's get back on subject because I know y'all came to link up with us today because we're going to be talking about 2006's The Hills Have Eyes. Um, You know, this one is currently available on like some premium subscriptions, so you might have to drop some coin in unless you own it or unless you like us and you get some hacks. But um, other than that, it's going to cost you some coin. <laughs> well, see, I'm the, I know it's on HBO Max and we have a... You know how people take turns in the family paying for a subscription service? That's what so we do. I'm the one who pays for the HBO Max. My mama mm-hmm. paid for Netflix and then Hulu, Disney Plus, and something else. And that's such a beautiful system. I swear more families should do this. My family does that as well. And I just think everybody's family should do that. It makes so much yeah. more sense. It's weird because my boyfriend plays for Hulu, but then with Verizon, you, depending on your plan, you get Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN that's what I for have. free. That's what so, I have. And guess, I told- who, guess who pays for that subscription? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I told him to get rid of his Hulu, but he's like, why? But whatever. No, that's fine. Do that then. And then it's even more clutch because, and I think we talked about this on the show. If y'all ever got a problem with like a subscription and y'all got to call somebody or something, give the phone to a black woman because she will figure it out. Okay, so my mom, long story short, because we got to get to this movie. My sister's a nurse. She's on the front lines, you know, what's left. And she had to get a new phone for whatever reason. She got a new phone. My mom just put her under our plan. And you know, when you have so many phones under a fan, it's cheap. My sister, I don't know what the F, but something happened with the phone. They had to like refund it, whatever. And at the end of it all, girl, why do we have two extra years of that whole free package, that Hulu, Disney Plus, ESPN thing? Oh, wow. Girl. I said, Actually, oh. you know, that's crazy. You shouldn't even, it shouldn't even be like two extra free years. It should automatically come with the plan. That's probably what it is, but this is what my mom told me. So, you know, when they tell you stuff like that, that's probably what it was. Because they kind of forced me to upgrade my plan, but it wasn't really an upgrade. It was just, I don't know, I guess the one I had was outdated in order yeah. for me to not have to pay for Disney Plus. Because I was, my free year was up. So they were like, mm-hmm. yeah, just And that's what I was about to say. I know my free year was up and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm about to start paying this subscription for the fam but then she did that and i was like oh well i guess i will not be right (laughs) (laughs) thank you mama (laughs) oh speaking of mamas let's talk about fathers uh you know how last week i gotta i'm bringing this up because i don't care oh god talked about these goddamn siblings in this goddamn movie it was a month later it was a month later where was them siblings at why wasn't they at that hospital it was a month later. They wasn't at camp. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I want to know why they weren't there. I, I mean... If nobody knows what we're talking about, if you skipped the last episode, shame on you. Um, we are talking about the stepfathers. So last episode, it was these siblings. They were absent. They just should have been there. I understand they were not main characters. And 
And John, they told me that they only put main characters on the cover, but according, according to facts that I looked up, Usher is on the cover of the faculty and the fa um, excuse me, Scared Crit Pod just brought this to my attention. Usher is on the cover of the faculty and that boy is not the main character. Yeah, but he's the selling point. They don't need to do it like that. This, they, they, I said, I was about to say, this is what we talked about. Like, I was on the show. I was not. They talked about that on their um, episode, too. Guys, go listen to that episode. It's really dope. But, uh, yeah, I understand that. But I'm just saying, you know me. I got to come with argument. I can't help it. It's not Aries rising. I can't help it. Sorry. <laughs> Shall I get to the park recommendations now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So for this week, I have two movies for John A. These are similar to the movie that we'll be talking about today. So for this week, your park recommendations are Wrong Turn. Wrong Turn, you can either watch the original and there's going to be a face in there that's very familiar and you'll love it for nostalgic reasons. Or you can watch the 2021 reboot of Wrong Turn. I watched it. It's pretty dope. I like it. The second movie, even I know I just said two movies, but obviously it's the same movie. The second movie is The Ruins. I've heard of that too. So if you ever want to watch something similar to these, John A and My Survivors out there, those are two park recommendations for you. And I think that I watched the trailer for The Ruins, but something mm -hmm. about it turned me off and didn't, I didn't want to watch it. I don't know if I thought it was scary or what. I just remember not wanting to watch it. Yeah, I can understand. <laughs> I mean, you'll probably think differently now that you're older, but you know. And that's how I feel about this movie. I think differently now that I'm older. Now, I okay, I haven't seen this one and I liked it. I really <laughs> liked it. I figured that you were going to say that. And then for me, not because, okay, you know what? I was going to go ahead and watch the original, but per my research, I was hearing that it's almost shot for shot. There are elements that are added, like the whole nuclear war testing thing is a new aspect. The mutants obviously have a new look. I watched this 50 minute documentary and you know, it kind of put me up to speed on that. So I was like, you know what? I'll just watch the original on my own time. I won't press it right now, but I remake? watched the original. For a remake, I liked it. Me knowing Wes Craven, just knowing his history, his history before he was in horror, if you know, you know. He knows how to get the shot, the money shots, if you know, you know. I don't need to see the original right now. I already know he coming with that flame. And you know, he was a producer on this one, so I was 100% behind it, so I was fine. But watching this for now, I will get to the original when I'm just on some other shit, because I already know it's on some other shit. I know it's shot for shot, but you know, 2006, this version, I feel like it's probably a little bit- So light. it's kind of shot for shot, but also it's not shot for shot. Speaking of not really thinking, what's the same? So my first introduction to Hills Have Eyes was through my mama, I believe. Like most movies, scary movies I watched in high school and middle school was because of her. And I remember being terrified of this movie when I first saw it. Really? Like, yes, the deformed people freaked me out. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that I didn't see it in the movies, but mm -hmm. it was one of those movies where she wouldn't tell me what it was about. She just put you in front of the TV and was like, we're watching a movie. Oh, wow. Okay, mom. <laughs> and I couldn't even. No, tell you know you. what? My mom did that to me with the butterfly effect, and I, I was never the same after that day. My mom does that to me with food. The first time I had calamari, she told me it was chicken. Oh. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, it's like it's not bad, but why? Why do all that? Because <laughs> she knew I wouldn't eat it if she wouldn't tell me what it was. Okay, then don't let her eat it then. She'd be like, more for you. <sighs> But that, that, yeah. But I also couldn't tell you which version of Hills Have Eyes I saw either. Because with this one, right. they have an R, uh, yeah, one that's rated R, and the one that was like uncut or something. And I probably only watched the R version. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a of this, of this remake, right? 
Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I'm with you. Now, the original, I watched that the other day. Which which cut did you watch this time for the podcast of the remake? The I think it was R. Yeah. I watched the uncut. <laughs> you knew I was going to watch the uncut version. Yeah, and that's probably why you really liked it. Because I didn't watch the uncut version. The it's because i didn't know that i was watching the uncut version until i started curating posts for the week and i was looking for the poster art for this movie and the uncut version is leanne's face it's the same poster but leanne screaming like her face is screaming versus the original cover where she's just like looking at lizard I was like, oh, because when I pulled it up, it kind of scared me a little because I thought it looked like one of those like creepypasta drawings. If any of you guys are familiar with creepypasta, it looked like that. So it kind of freaked me out a little bit. It caught me off guard because I wasn't prepared for it. But I like that version though. Y'all know me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah didn't watch the uncut version. Oh, well. Oh, well. So let's get into who directed the movie. So this movie was directed by Alexander Aja. 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 Mm-hmm. Aja. Mm-hmm. And then oh, and produced by... acronym for his full name, apparently. Hmm? So his name, like his initials, that his last name isn't his last name. You know how people, mm-hmm. how we talk about people going under different aliases? Yeah. Remember last week? Yeah. So that's his. That um, Aja, A-J-A... That's uh, his initials. Interesting. I know. It's kind of cute. <laughs> so this movie is produced by Wes Craven, Mary Ann, Madalena, Peter Locke, and Peter Locke. Um, Alexander also wrote the screenplay with Gregory Levisor. And it was based on the original Hills of Eyes by Wes Craven. So for the cast, we have Aaron Stanford as Doug Bukowski, mm-hmm. Kathleen Quinlan as Ethel Carter, Vanessa Shaw as Lynn Carter Bukowski. I was not ready for her. I wasn't ready for Vanessa because I was like, I kept looking at her and I'm like, this is homegirl from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I was really hype. I just, I don't, I don't know. When I just seen her on screen, I just had a moment. I just wasn't ready. <laughs> and then we have Emily DeRavin as Brenda Carter. Another one, and I think she's perfectly casted because she looks like the girl in the original movie. I don't remember this girl, honestly. She, okay, I only remember her because she plays Chris Hargison in the 2002 Carrie, but then she's in Lost, and I didn't watch Lost, like, but just see it from time to time, but she's in there, and then she's in a whole bunch of other random things, but she always, like, when she's in more, like, comic shows, she's playing, like, the bully popular girl, but the Carrie 2002 version, that's what I know her the most from, so I was super hyped for her. And then we have Dan Bird as Bobby Carter. Another one. He was an easy A. Well, yeah, he's a childhood face. Yes, I'm just like, oh my goodness, sweet face. Hi. Then we have Tom Bower as the gas station attendant. Ted Levine as Big Bob Carter. Man, I almost Ortiz. flipped out when I saw him. I'm sorry, I almost flipped out. Do you know who that is? No. Bitch, that's Buffalo Bill. I ain't seen that either. You haven't seen Silence of the Lambs? Oh, I have seen it, but it's been a long time. John A. No. It rubs his lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. Girl! I mean, I watched it a couple times as a child. It came on TV and I just was like, oh, okay. I fucking, I fucking real hard. What? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You have to watch this this week. Nope. It's a reference. And then we have Laura Ortiz as Ruby. So I don't know if you knew this or not, but you know, they started thoughts, thoughts of this movie back in 2003. So they approached Wes Craven about it, right? They asked him about the remake. How did he feel about it? This was just in talks, you know, around the neighborhood, around the block. But then movies like Amityville Horror, and it's another one, I can't think of it right now. Was it uh, Texas Chainsaw? Yeah. So when those remakes came out, Wes was looking like, hmm, 
into my ideas. And that's when he was like, yeah. So the thing with uh, Alex and Gregory, the director and the assistant director, they were fans of this movie when they were like teenagers and they knew each other growing up. So they used to like watch this together, you know, like how some people do now. So when they got approached about doing this, like they damn near shit their pants. Like, I mean, it's Wes fucking Craven. Why wouldn't you? So therefore, um, I watched this little documentary called, it's a 50 minute documentary. I'll put it in the show notes for you guys if you wanna watch it. It's called Surviving the Hills. And they give you so much information just from the ideas of where they came up with the little nuclear testing aspect down to like, okay, some of the CGI, okay, we're in 2021. So you can see some of it and it's, you know, it's a little shoddy, but it's not too bad. They talk about that because you know, this was still kind of like beginning CGI a little bit. It was well into, not well into it, but y'all know it was 2006, so we can't give it too much. Because even when you think about it, John, did you know some of the mutant, the mutant cannibals, some of their faces were CGI? Yeah, like the little kids. Yes, the little kids were completely CGI. Like they had no idea they were even in a horror movie, which is what you do with most kids, except for the actual baby. Like the actual baby. They said this was the best baby they ever hired on set. She did not cry. That baby was not scared of a goddamn thing. The worst thing that they had on set was the pigs. They lost the pig, girl. How you lose a pig? Girl, they lost a whole ass pig. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really good documentary. I really recommend if you like this movie or if you just like film documentaries like I do, definitely watch it. It's a really quick watch. Um, Wes Craven is in it, of course. We just want to see him. I'll link it below. Yeah, we can bounce up to the Q-Line if you're ready, girl. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Howdy, survivors. Please keep your tips and limbs inside the vehicle and remain seated at all times. Hang on to your personal belongings, especially your minds and spines. Because this here's a wild ride. For this cue line, I have a game. Oh, a game for me? I'm scared. It's more like a quiz, but... Okay. Okay, So, this movie deals with a family that's on a vacation, mm-hmm. and it's a road trip. If you know me, follow me on Instagram, my personal Instagram. Um, you know that I love van life. And I want a van or an RV or a bus. <laughs> yeah. Something. <laughs> and just like drive all over the country. And so this quiz, because you're designing a camper van, after you design, design your van, it'll give you a road trip to go on. Girl, you know I'm a Libra. You know I'm about to design the hell out of this van. Come on. All right. So first you want to pick your vehicle. Do you want a bus or van or an RV? Ooh. Okay, based off the hills have eyes that are in and ride a Chucky. That RV life ain't too bad because Tiffany's RV is lit. So I'm going to go with an RV. So actually, I follow this um, Instagram account and this lady, she remodels the insides of RVs to look like houses. And it's so cute. It probably is. I can imagine. So who's in your camper with you? Yourself, your dog, your significant other or your best friend? Okay, first of all, I don't have a dog, but if I did, I wouldn't want to choose between my dog and my significant other. But since I don't have a dog, I'm going to say my significant other. Pick a color of what you want your your van, your RV to be. Green, teal, pink, orange, yellow, or purple. All of these are ugly colors for the exterior. <laughs> And see, and they I would all want, draw attention to you. Yeah, like I would want something sleek and dark that can kind of blend into the night, but it's still like when you see it, you see it like a gray. But, huh, I'm gonna go with teal because I guess it's the less, it's, it's a pretty color, and I guess I picked like, that too. Yeah, I took this quiz yesterday. I'll tell you <laughs> what I got at the end. Yeah, okay, so now we're gonna pick a bed. So there's four options. So the first one is pretty woodsy. The second one is all white. It looks like the back of a van, like backseat laid back. Ooh, this third one has a lot of window view, but I don't know how that pans out in nighttime. I've seen the Jason movies. 
They have covers for that. I mean, they, yeah, they got blinds, but and we seen the heels have eyes. Like, no, no, I seen how that worked out. Um, this last one, ooh, this last one speaks to me. Let's go with four. Okay, so y'all, so four is kind of like the RV style. Um, you walk up, the singles on the left. It's some cabinets. Atop the cabinets is the bed on top. Like, it, it looked good. I like it. Low key, this is a van. <laughs> yeah, it probably is a van. Probably, I don't know. It's cute. Girl, I study van life so much. I can tell you the ins and outs. <laughs> All right, so now you're gonna pick some seats, and there's four of them to choose from. All right. So the first one is giving me a uh, Ten Cat Alley Cat Straight. What is it? Ten Cat Alley Cat Straight. That movie on Disney Channel. Yeah, that's what it's giving. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's very that '70s show. Like, uh, it's <laughs> Um, the second one is like giving beat dirty, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah, it is kind of like it's giving, like, y'all know how the bottom of people feet be when they be at the beach mm-hmm. all day. You know, y'all know they don't wear shoes, y'all know y'all don't be wearing shoes all the time. It's okay, just like the bottom of your feet, but that's what that looked like. This third one. It's a bus. It's, it's cute, but it's just like, I feel like somebody would be roughhousing and that seat will come tumbling down because it looks like it's suspended, but I'm not sure. It's a bus, so it's cute. The fourth one, the fourth one is giving me um, a showroom. <laughs> 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 and I like it. I just wish it was a different color, but I guess I could change the color. So now we're going to pick a kitchen. There's four mm-hmm. options to choose from. The first one, it's, it's cool. It, it looks very, very clean. Um, I have an aversion to white, which is what I said in the last pick. That's why I would change the color. The second one matches my bed. So I might go with that one. That third one, I'm still not liking that whole look. It's the whole set. It's like suns and I don't know. I'm not doing that. That fourth one is giving me New York apartment and I don't like it. So I'm going to go with this second one that matches my bed. And then last, you're going to pick something cool to go in your space. So you have a a hammock, a speaker, a stove, or double beds. Well, I guess we don't need double beds, so that would just take up space, but it's just like a cool concept. A stove, I feel like that will go left, but I feel like at the same time, you need a stove. A hammock, why? Um, A speaker, we always need a speaker. You know what? I'm going with the speaker because you always need that knock. We got the same answer. <laughs> Appalachian <laughs> Trail through oh. New Hampshire. So if you love mountains, hiking, and wooded trails, then this is the route for you. Get a peek at the presidential range and see some of New England's tallest mountains. The route winds through Vermont's Green Mountains and New Hampshire, giving you a chance to see rural New England for yourself. I don't want to see rural New England. <laughs> What the heck? Mm-mm. I know. Let's go get on this ride, because I ain't like that at all. <laughs> okay. Mm. All right, y'all. Get ready, because when we come back, we're going to take a ride on 2006's The Hills Have Eyes. this desert they didn't know where they were yeah i can because neither do we hey get up tell me again why we couldn't fly like normal people don't see too many travelers around here where y'all headed san diego you had a safe trip Next year, I am going to Cancun. There are like people. 
anything in those hills. this trailer as a child and i didn't want to see this movie to be honest i remember that little girl when i watched the trailer after i watched the movie i was like damn like i vividly and obviously um i believe next week's did that come out in 2005 or 2006 i can't remember and i've been writing this down like all week but whatever year it came out i know these commercials i remember seeing a lot of these vividly at that age but that one mr will you play with us whatever she say like when it came on my screen, I just instantly went back to the early 2000s. And I was like, dang, like, how did I not see this movie? Hmm. But, you know, it was a good ride. I liked it a lot. I liked it, too. And I'm not going to say that I didn't like the movie, but I'll explain at the end why, how I feel now versus how I felt. Well, let's get into it then. Later. All right. So the movie starts out with a black screen with some information on it. You know, sometimes these movies have their little fake background stories. So on the screen, it basically is telling you that between 1945 and 1962, the United States conducted 331 atmospheric nuclear tests. And today, the, the government still denies the genetic effects caused by the radioactive fallout. As and they do. Right. But it was a little bit, um, I don't know, it's some fact, some false, because since this movie is set in New Mexico, you would think that they're trying to say that all these tests happened in New Mexico, but that's not the case. Mm -hmm. They only had one nuclear detonation in Mexico. And that was in 1945. After that, they carried most of their tests out in Nevada and then in the Marshall, the Marshall Islands. So just in case you thought you might see deformed people in New Mexico, you might, mm-hmm. but not because of this. <laughs> Ooh, creepy. No, it's funny. <laughs> so after you get this information that comes across your screen, The movie opens to the New Mexico desert, where a group of scientists are testing radiation levels until they are killed by a deformed person with a pickaxe. Okay, then their bodies. Do you think? Do you think? I'm gonna just ask this now. Who do you think will win in a fight, Jason or Pluto? Um, what y'all think? I want to know what y'all think too. I'm gonna ask this on some capacity on the page. I just, I'm just curious because make it a story. Pluto was slanging him. With uh, that pickaxe, and then when I seen that pickaxe, that pickaxe, I was like, "Harry, you back?" Especially when I seen that mine, I was like, "Oh, I thought we was done with Harry, Mister Warden." I guess not. He's never gone. Okay. But then at the end, he had the nerve to chain their bodies in the back of a truck, like he Dragging just them. got married. You know how uh, you stick the cans on the back of your car, like you just got married. He did yeah, the same thing. Even with then, on top of that, it's like if anybody was had a lick of life in them that's it that's out it's over the way it is <laughs> so, then it, so then it cuts to the opening credits and in these opening credits it's a montage of footage from the 50s um and it's nuclear bomb explosions it shows glimpses of deformed children and these children were victims of the infamous agent orange chemical yeah know? i was about to say apparently yeah. like, they mentioned it in the uh little documentary i went I went on. I watched a few days ago, but also because of that, I went on. There we go, a little rabbit hole, and yeah, yeah, I read up on it. Not pretty stuff. Yeah, um, this was this topic was covered in one of my conspiracy theory podcasts, and it's mm-hmm. actually pretty sad. So 
after this opening credits montage, we end up at an old gas station in the middle of nowhere with bottle trees. Do you know about bottle trees? No, I don't. Can you tell me about them? So it's a Southern thing. The hope was that by hanging bottles in a tree or mm-hmm. even on like a wooden pole, it would keep evil spirits. Well, evil oh, like spirits. in the dark and the wicked. Oh, no, no. But I guess in that case, she was just trying to like. She had like charms and stuff. But with the yeah. bottle tree, the hope is that the evil spirits would find their way into the wine bottles and get stuck. And then since they wouldn't be able to get their way back, find their way back out, they will remain in the bottle until the morning and then the sun would destroy the spirits. Oh, hell. <laughs> I did not know that. Yep, it's a southern thing. And so blue, specifically cobalt blue, is like mm-hmm. the most popular color for bottle trees because that um they, they they believe that those bottles have healing powers. And the legend says that people tend to associate the color blue with ghosts and spirits, so it makes it an even more popular color color for these trees. But also if you ever go to like Charleston or any other southern coastal town, if you ever go on someone's porch and they have um blue paint on the ceiling of their porch it's the same mm-hmm. thing because they think uh-huh. that the spirits will get trapped um on the porch in the blue so and i'm not being cool. funny but i do have some cobalt blue bottles downstairs okay guys i do not have a graveyard i just have not <laughs> taken the bottles out to be thrown away properly so it just has accumulated over. what y'all drinking sapphire gin over there no, I, it's this wine, it's Riesling, but it's by this brand called Sea Glass, and it comes in a cobalt blue bottle, and I really, really like it, and it's probably about five empty bottles of it downstairs that have accumulated over, like, maybe a month or two. I'm not just downing these bottles back to back, but it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just, first of all, it was the blue bottle that attracted me to it, and it's 13.5%, so yeah. We like that. <laughs> we wine drinkers over here. <laughs> so the gas station attendant heard a strange noise, I guess, because he just randomly just popped up because I didn't hear anything. So yes, he goes outside to... Out had a little deal going on here. Yeah, so he goes outside to investigate, and he's searching his property for some girl named Ruby, and he's just walking around. He walks to this abandoned test site that was owned by the government, and he's yelling out for Ruby with a shotgun. Then he goes to a mine shaft and he's yelling for somebody named Jupiter, telling Jupiter they got some book shots waiting for him. And then he goes, Because that's what you're not going to do. I've seen Jupiter work. And what you're not going to do is threaten him with no book shots. And <laughs> you know what? You got, you got exactly what you was asking for, Mr. Gas Station Attendant. I hope you're happy. <laughs> so he goes back to his house and he just yells out into the atmosphere that, you know, I'm not doing whatever. He out you asked me to do anymore i'm out he out but then not outside see- <laughs> not outside but he out y'all but then he sees a bag outside the door and then drags it in the house to investigate meanwhile somebody is actually watching him so in the house he's going through this bag and why he pulls out an ear in a takeout container and just ignored it like it was nothing the gas station attendant has a deal with these mutant cannibals what it is um have you ever you seen children of the corn vaguely remember it so do you remember the whole ordeal that they had with the mechanic in Children no. of the Corn? Okay, so I won't. I'll just stop that right there. This gas station attendant and these mutant cannibals have a deal to where he is supposed to, as we find out later when we meet our family in a little bit, misdirect them and lead them to trouble in exchange for goods because you see when he's rummaging through the bag he pulls out that ear and it's pierced it's heavily pierced when he looks through the picture and he sees the couple it's the same girl with that ear that's pierced so this is the deal he's supposed to bring people to them for them to like eat and stuff and he's out because he don't want to do that shit no more because i mean and i get it i get it but he just ignored the ear like it was nothing like you just you get an ear and you just gonna be like oh okay what it must have happened before maybe they trying to turn them i don't know that's disgusting but he gets interrupted you see how it happened with justine so sorry i had to bring it up had to bring it up (laughs) but he gets interrupted by 
the main characters of this movie, the family. So this is when we're introduced to the family. You have Bob Carter, who is a retired detective, and his wife, Ethel, and they're traveling from Cleveland, Ohio, to San Diego, California, through the desert for their silver wedding anniversary. With them, they have their children, Lynn, Brenda, and Bobby. And then you also got Lynn's <laughs> husband Doug and their little baby Catherine. He and then you got Doug. the two <laughs> and then you have the cute German shepherds, Beauty and Beast. Can we just talk about how he hates Doug? <laughs> Big Bob is not a Doug fan, okay? I felt so bad for him. But can we also talk about all of this American flag imagery that we just get blatantly from this family? And I know this plays a big plot point in the movie overall but they just smack you in the face with it, even on Ethel's little pink shirt. And it's like, first of all, first of all, because that's definitely something that they will wear on a road trip. So it just fits all too well. At the gas station, Brenda plays with a baby pig and Bobby gets peeped on while he's using the outhouse and thinks it's his sister. I don't know why he will automatically think that it is his sister, but that's weird. And then... um what appears to be a little girl steals a hoodie out the backseat of the truck without anybody noticing and then Doug realizes that there's no cell service in the desert and the gas attendant doesn't even have a functioning phone and this is all happening around the same time with Bobby and Brenda I think it's supposed to like not pay homage but you know in the original there's kind of that thing between the brother and the sister so I think mm. it was like kind of not like I don't think it was supposed to be like blatant like yeah they do this in this version too but you know what I'm saying like kind of just like hinted not hinted but like yeah no they're not like that guys it just it was it was Ruby but obviously he doesn't know that but remember if you've seen the original you know what we're kind of like nodding at so after beauty escapes into the gas station the gas station attendant decides to tell the family of a different route through the hills because now they're finished at this point they're about to leave so as they're leaving he tells them to go a different route through the hills and to me it seems out of spite and then has the nerve to tell them to have a safe trip mind you before beauty slipped into the station he actually told them to stay on the interstate yeah i think it was when i think it was a combination of when Lynn went back there, first of all, why the fuck did you even touch that bag? Like, why do y'all touch stuff that's not Charles? I don't understand. And um, on top of Bob, I, didn't Bob tell him he was like a detective or something like that? Yeah. No, his yeah. wife did. Oh, yeah. So I think just like a whole combination of all of that was just like, yeah, might as well do it for the one time. Never take <laughs> directions from a sketchy gas station attendant okay, in the middle yeah, of nowhere. Fuck no. Y'all better be on that map quest. So, but that is a, a a vast difference from the original, though. Right. So, in the original, the gas station attendant was like, "Don't take no shortcuts, go straight." Blah 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 blah. And it was Bob who decided that he wanted to go find some silver and some mines. Right. <laughs> yeah. So not. So I really like that they changed his character, Big Bob's character, a lot. I definitely appreciate the changes that were made. Thank you. Yeah, they did change it. So not not long after they get back on the road and take that supposed shortcut, their tires are punctured by a hidden spike strip. And while they're stranded, Brenda decides that this is the perfect time to work on her tan. And Big Bob decides to give Bobby a gun, and he's having too much fun with this daggone gun. First of all, this was so casual. The act, like the chemistry between this family in general as a whole, is so casual. So before Doug and Bob go look for help, the family says a goodbye prayer, and then the rest of the family stays behind. So while the family is eating, Beauty escapes from the trailer, and Bobby goes to chase her down the hills. But he a little too he's a little too late. And ends up finding her mutilated corpse instead. So he's scared of shit, runs and falls off the hill because, you know, that's what happens. And he knocked himself unconscious. And so this is when we find are introduced to Ruby for real, for real. And she actually protects him from another mutant hovering above him, eating one of Beauty's legs. So now we have Doug singing alone in the desert. And on his little trip 
away from everyone, he finds a huge crater filled with numerous abandoned cars and other items. So then we pop over to Bob. Bob's back at the gas station. And Mm -hmm. he finds the infamous ear in the takeout container. And he also sees news clippings detailing various disappearances in the area after recent nuclear testings at a mining town by the government causing mutants. That's the reason why they have these deformities. Bob goes outside. He tries to start up the car, the tenant's car, with no luck. But then he hears the actual attendant's voice coming from the outhouse, and he goes to investigate. And this this is where he fucked up, because we're all talking about how Big Bob is a good detective, but notice we say good, not great, because this next decision is definitely what fucked you up. So he... So the attendant is actually sitting in the outhouse drunk crying and mumbling to him mumbling a whole bunch of shit and decides to blow his own head off so after the shot was fired he hears a voice from out in the darkness creepily calling out daddy like daddy i love daddy. this part this part so is so bob, creepy. so bob dumbass decides to shoot his gun in the dark with no target just wasting bullets then he runs back into the car but unfortunately for him he's captured by one of the deformed desert people in his role into the abandoned mine so back at and that was one of the things that i didn't really like about this movie because in the original you early on you got the names and the faces you don't find out the names of these people until the end of the movie kind of sort of i mean yeah i can see it didn't bother me too much i'm but obviously me like i know the names of all the killer clowns a lot of people don't but I think that's just like, if you want to know, you can, you know. So back at base camp, um, this is what I call the trailer records. Ruby is still watching over a knocked out Bobby. Then come to find out Brenda goes and, well, Brenda went and found him and brought him back to the trailer. So in the trailer, we found out that while Bobby was gone, um, Lynn and the mama got a perverted call over the CB radio after they radioed out for help. But then not too long after, Beast escapes from off his leash and then Doug returns and almost gets shot by Bobby. But I think of- that one of the mutants unchained Beast. I think that's what they heard earlier. Probably. I wouldn't put past them. But instead of bringing back good news about signs of life, Doug had his arms filled with junk he found in the crater. So then we see that Beast he actually really went to the souvenir shop on us. Like, can you wait to the end of the movie, sir? Thank you. I'll I'll let you know when you can go. But then we see that Beast found his dead boo beauty. He was not happy about that. That's the first of all, this was this was another case of when those mutants fucked up because Beast was not going for that. Dogs be knowing, okay? Dogs really do have feelings. And I need y'all to know this. They know when other dogs are in pain and they are aware of what's going on. So when he's seen beauty in that state. He already knew what he had to do and did. Can't blame him. So back at base camp, Doug and Lynn decide to sleep in the car while Brenda, Bobby, and Mama sleep in the camper. Bobby hears fake barking and thinks it's beast and goes outside to investigate, leaving Brenda sleep with headphones on and vulnerable to one of, well, vulnerable to Pluto. So Bobby soon realizes that the barking was fake and runs back to camp and wakes up Lynn and Doug and lets them know that there's some people out in the desert and Beauty's actually dead. Meanwhile, in the trailer, Brenda is now awake trying to fight off Pluto, but then the rest of the family gets distracted by Bob being set ablaze while attached to a tree. This whole part, I just, first of all, congrats to whoever decided to pay homage to Scream and do that whole draw up to Bob being, um, is it called emo, emotion? I can't think of what it's called right now. But that whole scene when it runs up to Bob, it took them three minutes to shoot that. They literally sat there with a steady cam and walked up to him from the trailer, and it looked so good. The first thing you think of is that opening scene and scream. But then I got so pissed, so, so pissed, because when they figure out it's Doug, everybody's freaking the fuck out, as you would. Y'all telling me y'all ran, okay, Doug, you ran in that trailer and just really did not see that big ass dude? Are you kidding me? 
Come on. And then it pissed me off even more when they was extinguishing Big Bob on that little whatever we're going to call it. And Ethel was just smacking uh, Doug, talking about, put him out, put him out. Like, girl, he's trying. He's trying. You're not helping by hitting him. Like, come on. Like, please go tend to what's going on in this tray right behind you because everybody's missing the point right now. Right. They leave Brenda and the baby defenseless. So, okay. Yeah. So we have Lizard. He rummages through the camper, drinks their milk, but then decides to eat the pet bird. So Lizard attacks Pluto and removes him from off of Brenda. Then he beats the screaming Brenda with a pillow. He beats the screen. Well, he beats the screaming Brenda with a pillow while Pluto goes on an angry rampage, destroying the inside of the camper. So now Lizard decides that he wants to have a go with Brenda while Pluto goes for the baby. So back at the site of a burning Bob, Doug is still trying to extinguish the fire, but then Lynn hears Brenda's screams and runs back to the camper, leaving her mom crying in the desert. Once Lynn gets in the trailer, she sees Lizard holding her baby while the other one, well, while Pluto is holding a screaming Brenda. Lynn beats Lizard with a frying pan, but of course he almost breaks her arm and points a gun at the baby. Lynn pleads for her baby's life, so Lizard decides to lick her face and feed from her boobs while pointing a gun at the baby. Meanwhile, Doug finally put the flames out on Bob and pulls him off the tree. And then Bobby decides he's going to run into the hills to find the culprits. But then the mama walks into the camper to see this wild ass rape scene. And she lifts a rock to bludgeon Lizard, but Pluto screams and Lizard blows her away with a single gunshot to the stomach. And honestly, it wasn't even a shotgun. So I just wanted to know how it had enough power to fling her across the trailer like that. Mm, I didn't even think about that. This gunshot grabs the attention of Doug and Bobby, and they both run back to the campers to save their family. But they're a little too late. While they're running to save the day, Lizard points the gun at Brenda, and Lynn stabs him in the leg with the screwdriver, so he blows her head off. He then drags Brenda out the trailer and pulls the trigger to shoot her, but then he's out of bullets. So he leaves her and steals a flag as Doug and Bobby run up. And then, just like his daddy, Bobby wastes bullets, shooting into the dark. Back inside the camper... Doug sees that his wife is slightly dead, but then she actually dies after that random jump scare last gasp of life. Meanwhile, Jupiter, no. It's Goggle. Goggle. The one who's eating Beauty's leg gets mauled by Beast in the middle of him spying on the family. So while the mama is dying, Doug makes her comfortable amid her dying rambles. But as soon as she died, Bobby tries to leave the camper to exact his revenge. But Doug stops him and tells him they need a plan because without one, he'll be dead in three seconds. And of course, they have a highly emotional argument until the lights get cut in the camper. And now Brenda can't stop her panic cries. So outside, there's a walkie-talkie radio and it goes off. And Bobby shoots out the door again, wasting more bullets like they're a luxury out here in the desert. So Doug leaves the camper and finds the walkie-talkie attached to Goggles' arm that's no longer attached to Goggles' body. So over the walkie, you hear um, Jupiter looking for Goggle and telling the rest of the crew that they were supposed to kill the whole family. Bobby was about to leave the camper when Doug hears something and stops him. So he shoots into the floor of the camper twice and then outruns Beast. Over the radio, um, Jupiter says that he's going to finish them off. And of course, Doug gotta question the killers like his cries for his baby's return is gonna mean anything to them and then we find out that bobby only has a clip and a half left of bullets so the next morning doug and b set out to rescue Catherine with a baseball bat he goes into a mining cave and comes out on the other side in an abandoned nuclear testing village meanwhile back at the camper brenda brenda sets uh, meanwhile back at the camper brenda sets a tire on fire as an attempt to call out for help and bobby's setting up a booby trap and then they have a meltdown because they're scared and traumatized i like those moments like this i feel like this movie gave the actors in general a lot of moments to be human because a lot of times in these horror movies when things happen it's like even you know with the final girl trope final boy trope people just be in go mode all the time. Not all the time do we really see people like just being human, like literally having human emotions and reactions to things that's going on around them. Cause there's definitely no way as we, you know, the scene we're about to get into um, later with these two, there's no way 
if one of my people's bodies is missing, I'm going to just be like, okay, what's the next step? We got to know. I'm definitely going to have a fucking meltdown. Like, because what the fuck? Back at the testing village, Doug sees his baby through the window, well, through a window, but almost gets caught by um, a dude in headgear dragging a dead body. He quickly hides with Beast in an abandoned car, and I'm trying to figure out how he got in that car so fast without making any noise. Yeah, but I was then he. But then he leaves Beast in the car to go inside the house to get his baby. He creeps past a bald woman in a rocking chair watching divorce court and trades his baby for the bat. Not a good idea leaving the bat, in my opinion. But as he tries to sneak out with the baby, he gets knocked out, knocked out by the bald lady. So back at the camper, Bobby and Brenda put Lynn and their mama's bodies in the car. But then we see Doug wake up in an ice box filled with bloody body parts. He ends up escaping at the same time Beast escapes from the car Doug trapped him in. He encounters Big Brain singing the national anthem. Well, not Beast. Doug encounters the Big Brains, Big Brain singing the national anthem. And Big Brain reveals the mutant's origins to him. And then Pluto busts in and attacks Doug. But then Beast jumps in and attacks Pluto. While Doug escapes to barricade himself in the bathroom but instead of busting through the door Pluto busts through the wall and continues to attack Doug. Doug manages to stab him in the stomach but of course he gets hit hit across the head and gets attacked some more once Pluto pulls the bat out of his stomach. So Doug ends up getting a couple fingers chopped off with an axe and ends up pretending to surrender and while pretending to surrender Pluto eats it up and then that's when he gets stabbed in the foot. And then Doug takes the flag and stabs him through the neck. And then he takes the axe to Pluto's skull and finishes him off. And then he takes the axe and outside to kill the dude with the headgear. But then Big Brain orders Lizard over the walkie-talkie to kill the baby. And, of course, Beast is right there to maul his ass to death. I'm just happy David was able to kill Sis. I thought Sis was going to be a hard kill because anybody that's just walking around in head gear like this, I might have some worries. <laughs> yeah, Big Brain is mauled to death by Beast while Ruby manages to take the baby from Lizard and escapes through the hills. At the trailer, Brenda and Bobby are attacked by Jupiter as the siblings lure and arrange an explosive trap, which destroys the vehicle along with the mutant. I thought that was pretty smart. I like yeah. this little idea they had. It could have went wrong real quick. But they did it. They finessed it. Gotta give it to them. So Ruby is watching out for the baby when Lizard kicks her out the room. While Doug is running around looking for the baby, he runs into a room that has two kids in it. And honestly, they were just too cute asking him to play with him. Play with them. You play with us. It was cute. But just <laughs> when Lizard is about to kill the baby... We realize that it's actually the baby pig. And so now he's pissed at Ruby and goes off to find her. And that's when Doug sees her running across the top of the hills with the baby. Back at the camper, the booby trap that Bobby set gets triggered. They think it's just a piece of tumbleweed that triggered it until they realize their mama body was stolen. He goes to find his mama's body and sees that she's being eaten and then runs away while shooting behind him blind, wasting more freaking bullets and missing every time he shoots. So he runs into the camper, which Brenda set up for the explosion, and he puts the final piece in place when the mama well i think that's yeah when jupiter tries to attack brenda through the window bobby ties his hands together and they escape out another window and run for the hills somehow jupiter is able to escape and goes to open the door to the camper and when he does the camper goes up in flames Doug catches up with ruby but lizard attacks them before he can get his baby a fight ensues but ruby runs away with the baby in the middle of it so lizard knocks doug out and goes after her doug wakes up grabs a shotgun and beats lizard with the butt of it he finally shoots lizard twice after i guess he gets tired of beating him with the gun and then he leaves the gun next to lizard like a dumbass to get the baby he's always trading away first of all i'm just really upset i'm just first of all first of all sir headshot headshot tell them closed casket like first of all i was always taught do unto these hoes as they done to you. So since he shot Lynn in the head, why did you not shoot him in the head? That's my issue. I just couldn't get over the fact that like you always trading a weapon for the baby. Like you got two arms and hands for a reason. Like use both. But anyways, in the middle of his reunion with his baby, Lizard gets up and grabs the gun to shoot his ass. But Ruby sees this and runs to tackle him off the cliff and they both fall to their deaths. Unfortunately. 
for Ruby. She deserved it. She was innocent. So back at the camper, Bobby and Brenda find Lizard. No. Jupiter. Back at the camper, Bobby and Brenda find Jupiter wounded from their trap, and Brenda finishes him off with a pickaxe before the siblings are reunited with Doug, Catherine, and Beast. As the survivors of the Carter family embrace, an unknown peeping Tom watches them through binoculars from the hills. And that is the end of the movie. I liked the movie, but at the same time, I didn't. So I watched this Monday around 6, and I could not stay awake to save my life. I kept falling asleep. I had to keep rewinding it and when I saw fall asleep on movies like that, it's because it's boring to me. And that's not how I remember it. Like, 14-year-old me was hanging on to everything and was scared. 28-year-old me was over here like, that's it? Because it, it didn't hit like I remembered it. This is a fire-ass remake. I liked it. I mean, that sucks you ain't like it. I feel it, though. But I really, really like this remake. Um, I don't remember. Like I said, I ain't seen it before. I just remember the commercial. I haven't seen the original. But as you guys probably could tell through the uh, ride, it just sounds like I know just enough about the remake. Just because, I mean, it came out in 1977. And if you're into horror, you're going to know. If you know, you know. When I was talking about... uh, if you're gonna do a remake, do it. Like they did it. Like they they did what as far as I know, like when I see the original, I can judge some more. I think one of the things too that I liked about the original versus the uh remake was that the the family had not the family, like the vacationing family, but the cannibal family had more screen time versus um in the remake so it's kind of like you got to see like a little backstory more so about the family well the the mutants versus in the remake so I think that's what I liked a little bit better about the original but I get not having that information because it kind of makes it a little bit more scarier yeah from what I hear basically it's kind of switched roles because the family in the original are kind of assholes yeah they were so you kind of don't care that they get killed the family in this version, like I was saying earlier, like the chemistry is for them to be actors is on par. But you know, you don't want, I did not want Lynn to get popped in the head. I didn't want Ethel, when Ethel was talking about she was getting cold and she just wanted her blanket. And then literally forgot the last, what, 15 minutes of what happened because she still thought her husband was coming home. That was so sad. And then when you think about the end, because um, obviously this is a franchise and I know that some of the characters are in the second one. I don't know how to start, so. But they still in the middle of the fucking desert. Like, what are y'all about to do? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, like, I don't know. It hit, You sound like how I felt when I first watched it when I was 14. Now that, mm-hmm. now that I've seen it a second time, because this is only the second time I've seen it. Now that I've seen it a second time, I don't have those same sentiments. I'm just looking at it like, oh, okay. I had a more, I had a greater connection with the original because I was seeing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's something about seeing a movie for a first time where you get, you know, certain emotional feelings, unless it's like also a movie that you've watched over and over again. Like, I will never get tired of Hocus Pocus or mm-hmm. like Grease. But this I'd probably not watch it again. Probably not your bag for like, you know, genre. Yeah, I don't think so. Especially not Cannibals. We had that issue with that other movie. And that was my shit too. <laughs> okay, so um, it got a, this movie got a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a Johnny score of 75. Ashley, what do you give it? I would definitely rewatch this. This is definitely a movie I can add to my horror movie cleaning playlist. If you're like me and you play movies while you clean, this is definitely one that you can pop in. You can watch Doug and Pluto fight real quick and then go back to wiping your counter. I give this an 86. It's very, very well done. I think that Alexander and um, I can't think of his name George. I can't think of his name right now. I think they did a very good job. Obviously, Wes had his hand in it, so you know. Oh, you know what? I'm not gonna. Sometimes Wes, you be, you be playing with me. But um, I don't know when's the next time I'm gonna watch it. Like I said, it can be on a cleaning playlist. Who knows if it'll play? But right, you ready to head to the souvenir shop? Yes, of course I do. It seems you survived. Well, before you go, join us. 
in the souvenir shop. For the cover art, it's really basic. You're going to see it when we post it on our Instagram, T180 Podcast. But there is a soundtrack to this movie. Yeah, I did like the music. I didn't. I don't even know how I didn't mention that. I definitely liked the music. Yeah, the music, I can't say that it was good music. You know, sometimes, yeah. But this was a nice little, a nice little musical score. You know what I'm thinking? If I could create a promo item for this movie, it would either be between like little mini bags that just has random little trinkets in it, because that'll also probably be very, very weird. Or, or if you really want to be swank, I would give out red sweatshirts, because I will want one. I kind of have a pink one that looks like and it was, I don't know if you've seen this movie called Don't Look Now, but it was definitely giving me those vibes when I was seeing that little red hoodie. I mean, some people are saying like little red right into it, little red writing it. I can see that too. But it was definitely giving me Don't Look because I was like, you know, I, I just, it was making me uneasy, but I liked it. I got something for you guys. Uh, it ain't really nothing special, y'all. The Shadow Park announcements. Y'all ready? Okay. Yeah. So like John May mentioned before. You can definitely come hit us up on our IG at D180Podcast. We be having fun over there. Come follow your girls. Next week is going to be concluding our month for Spring on the Remake, y'all. I'll tell y'all about that movie that we're watching later. Next month, we are getting into found footage. It's the lost and found footage. Me and John, they done got put on security detail. They got us running these cameras. We done found some weird shit, and we want to talk to y'all about it. It's going to be real, real fun. But guess what? You can submit your survivor submissions for June, July, August, September, not October, because that'll be our um, little anniversary month. But anyway, all of your survivor submissions are available under the Park Things highlight on our IG. If you see a category that you like and you like, oh, you know what movie y'all should talk about? You can either submit it there. Or you can submit it at our email at destination180podcast at gmail.com. And then we can add it to the list. And if it don't fit, we'll find somewhere to put it, right, Jenna? Somewhere. You should see the the list of categories that she got. Ashley got a, a strange mind. Because, <laughs> I mean, you just got to keep things interesting in the park. And, I mean, you know, if you got theme suggestions, if you like, y'all should do a movie, y'all should do a movie. Yeah, we should do a movie, John May. Y'all should do a theme on plant horror. I don't know. I'm staring at my plants right now. It's a few movies. Maybe one that falls into that category. Don't do that to me because I don't feel like doing that research for that. But yeah, if you have a like, theme. Like the huge Venus fly trap that just eats you up alive. Yeah, I was going to say Little Shop of Horrors, but I was thinking, I was trying to think like besides Scary Movie because they had that marijuana plant that like smoked shorty. That counts. <laughs> See now, look now, look now. My mind about to be. Oh my god! I'm gonna be like, damn, we about to do plant horror for real, this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Oh yeah, next week I am so freaking excited, Johnny. We about to watch House of Wax, and I'm about to get my whole little teenage life. I can't wait. See, okay, so now I'm scared now. And you're not gonna like it. I, see, now I don't know because I had nostalgia for Hills Have Eyes and I was like, oh, that shit was scary for me. So I went in thinking like, okay, but now for House of Wax, I'm a little bit scared. I'm a little scared. I'll say this. I have horror movies that I know are dumb or that I know that the acting is abysmal, but I still enjoy them. Like, okay, I'm trying to think of a movie that I just literally just like, what the fuck is this? I can't think of one right now. I say this one all the time. I know probably this is a deep cut. Nobody probably has no idea what I'm talking about. Pinocchio's Revenge. I definitely like that movie off nostalgia, but I know this is a shitty movie. And John A., whenever we talk about this movie, I'll probably put it in our toy box terrorist things. Um, you're going to be like, Ashley, why did you have me watch this? Like, what the fuck is this? I don't know. You might like it. I don't know. But, you know, a lot I, of people, I like when I show people stuff. that movie, yeah, when I show people that movie, it's hit or miss. Like, if you know what Pinocchio's Revenge is, you already know. Like, it's And it sounds miss. familiar to me. I'll say this. It's what Child's Play was kind of supposed to be. But they just, huh. you know, it, it, it came out in the late 90s. So, you know, it, it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just scared because House of Wax really hit. 
Council Wax really hit for me. And I remember thinking it was so cool. But just also, don't take it serious. Just don't take it serious. And just have fun with it. That's what I'm going to do. I don't know. Okay. I just we'll see. see Paris. I just want to see Paris Hilton run and scream. Chad, I don't know why J14 Magazine really tried to make this boy a heartthrob for me, but it was working. I didn't even watch uh, One Tree Hill, whatever. I did. Me and my mama would watch One Tree Hill. That was my boo. And then he was in the Cinderella story. He was in all the movies. She always talking about she got a goddamn boo. First it was Jensen. Then it was the motherfucking that teeth movie that's in that other little show, whatever, Magic. What I don't know what it's called. But now, now Chad, my girl. It's Jensen, Jared, and Chad. For now. No, because what about the other boy? What other boy? The other boy in teeth. I didn't like anybody in T. Yes. Oh, yes, I did. Cool. Yes, I did. The dude from no, um, shit, um, from Criminal Minds, Michael Gubler. Yeah, and him from um from um Excision. Yes. Him too. See, girl, no, cause I can make a whole super reel and niggas you liked on this show. Listen, it's fine. But survivors, we'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>